All right. In this video, we're going to talk about contracts. All right. So now I think people think like contracts are, are this really scary thing, but contracts are really there to protect you. Um, so what we're going to do below is we're going to provide a whole bunch of uh, sample contracts for you to take a look at. And some of them are actually like real contracts that, that I found online that people are using. And some of them are, are templates. Um, QuickBooks also has some contract templates within your, uh, your pro advisor area. Um, their contracts aren't great though. I have to say, um, I'm not impressed. Um, so we're going to talk about, um, why you need a contract, things that you should include. We'll talk about some best practices, um, and then you can start putting your contract together. And really what I'd recommend that you do is that you kind of cut and paste the pieces that you like from different contracts you find. And you might wanna look up like contracts for like service providers in general or contracts for virtual assistants. Um, you do a lot of searching. And what I kind of do is I get, I look at each of the components um, that I talk about in this video and I will find a whole bunch of contracts, have them all kind of open on my computer and go, okay, I like this one the best. So I'm gonna use this piece of this one. I'm gonna use this piece of this one. Um, and just kind of construct. I mean, the nice thing is, listen, you're going to do this like one time, and then you're going to have a template for your contract. You won't have to do it again every single time you have a client. You just really have to do this the first time. Okay. And so what I want you to do after you watch this video is I want you to set aside some time before you do anything else and start putting your contract together. Okay. It's not going to be perfect. The first time you're going to add stuff to it. You're going to change stuff. You're going to learn things. You're going to see things like in the group, um, and go back to your contract and go, Oh wait, that's not in my contract either. And so this is really, this is a learning process. Okay. Um, all right. So let's, let's start looking. So first off, why do you need a contract? Well, the reason you need a contract is because it's going to protect you. It's going to lay out like the terms of the agreement. It's going to put parameters in place for, hey, this is the pricing right now, but these are the limits on that pricing. Um, it also, in case there's a dispute, like this is the document that you would use um, for that dispute. And I know we actually had a member of Bookkeeper Training School that had a dispute with one of our clients had her contract, had all the emails and, um, and was actually able to settle in court. So, um, so totally, and we've only had to listen in all the time we've done book your training school, we've had to happen one time. Okay. Um, typically just having the contract in place, um, is going to help you a lot. Okay. All right. So, um, so the first thing you want to have in your contract is contact info for both parties. Make sure you use official company names. Um, make sure that you use your official company name. Make sure you've got the addresses of both parties. Um, in the contract, it's going to talk about the law, um, basically what state's laws and it's the state that you are set up in. So if you have an LLC or a DBA, or you're just using your own name, you're always going to use the laws in the state that you are in. Okay. Um, unless you, for some reason, set up your company in a different state, which I know most of you are not doing. Okay. So make sure you've got all of that contact information um, early on in the process. So that way you've got it. Okay. All right. 
you want to put in a description of the service and the scope of the work that you're doing. So what services are you going to provide? What services do you not provide? Um, make sure that you put a cap on the number of transactions and accounts. Um, if, for example, the client does not currently have PayPal or Stripe, you know, say this does not include PayPal or Stripe. Um, what software are you including? And what's an additional charge? So if the QuickBooks subscription is included in the price, note that. If the this is dependent on the client paying their own QBO subscription or whatever software you're using, then include that as well, okay? Um, if there's any plugins that you're gonna use, if there's any additional software, um, if they have to do something like, so for example, like if they have to connect um, say it's a salon, there's salon software, or if you're saying, Hey, listen, I'm not working with that software at all. I'm just bringing things into QuickBooks from the, you know, from Stripe and from, uh, from your bank. Like I'm not working with, you know, for example, we use Kajabi, right? That's where, that's where you're watching this video right now. So you could say like, I'm not working in Kajabi. I'm only working with PayPal and Stripe and with your bank. Okay. Um, you also want to include the start date as well. Okay. When this contract starts the first month of bookkeeping, you are going to do, if you are going to do a cleanup or catch up job, in addition to the monthly services, make it two separate contracts. Okay. Really, really important. Make sure you put in the payment terms, how, and when you'll get paid. If auto pays required, include that. Um, talk about what happens if you don't get paid on time. Um, most people put a late fee in. If you're doing a cleanup or catch-up job, you're gonna wanna get 50% in advance, okay, before you start the work. Um, and then you can either, if it's a really big job, like let's say you're doing like multiple years, um, what I would probably wanna do is I would want 50% down and then I want, like for that, so 50% for the total job and then um, do progress billing as you finish work. So as you finish a year, make sure that you've been fully paid for that year um, and then keep paying them as you finish six months or a year worth of work if you're doing a really, really long job, okay? Um, but make sure your payment terms are in there and what happens if there's a missed payment, a late payment, a bounce payment, um, anything like that. And I noticed a lot of contracts are really bad about, most contracts I find are really good about what happens when things go well. They don't really talk about what happens when things go poorly, okay? And so those are the things you wanna make sure that you include. Termination of the relationship, who can terminate the relationship? There's a couple um, examples in the contracts I put below. Um, what happens to the what happens to the software upon termination of the agreement? Um, I think it's really important to spell that out so that um, the client understands. So typically, what will happen if you're using QuickBooks um, is you will you will make them the admin of the account. You will disconnect them from your you know from your QuickBooks account. And they will have up to 30 days to take over the file um, or QuickBooks will suspend the file. 
Okay. Um, and they, they could lose all their data. And I would make sure that that's in your contract that you could lose all your data if you don't resume um, the subscription. Okay. So just make sure that they, that they understand that. And you could even put a fee like, you know, we, we will download your file at the, you know, upon notification of termination for a, I don't know, you know, you could say for a $97 fee if they want to get off of QuickBooks completely. Okay. Okay. You want to make sure that there is a review of the requirements. You could typically put this by the payment information, or you can put this after the important terms. Um, but basically you want to include language regarding any changes in the work requirements. And I, I encourage you to have a clause in there that says that there's an automatic review um, after 90 days. So that means that um, after 90 days, you're going to review to make sure they have the number of transactions they said they had, they have the number of accounts they said they had, like everything with the quote was accurate. Okay, so there's a 90-day review. Um, and then there um, you will periodically review um, the number of transactions to make sure that it is in line with the contract. Um, typically what I do is, and this is kind of a practice thing. I don't necessarily put this in the contract, but if they go over their requirements one month and it looks like maybe it's just a blip, um, then what I try to do with my contracts is I always try to, I try to put in a little bit of a buffer, maybe like a 10% buffer when I do my pricing. Um, and then when I have, you know, I have a little bit of wiggle room. If there's a major jump in requirements, I'm going to ask the client if this is like the new reality. And if it is, then we will bump up their pricing. If it's a one-time thing um, and I have some margin built into my contract normally, then I will, I'll leave that. And typically, um, you know, typically what I'll do is I might do like a, a five to 10% margin, depending on how big the client is. Um, if it's, if the client is less than $200, then I'll probably put in a 10% margin. If the client is more than $200, then I will probably put in, um, either a five or 10% margin, depending on how much it, it, impacts the price. But like, if you're talking about like a $500 client and you do a 10% margin, then that raises the price by $50. Um, if you think that the client, you know, A, if their work is going to increase, right. If it's going to kind of vary month to month, then I think it's worth putting in the 10%, but you'll kind of, you'll tell, um, based on the call, that you have with the client, the discovery call, how price sensitive you think the client is. Um, but typically, I mean, it's actually kind of funny because on bigger jobs, it's easier to build in the buffer than it is on smaller jobs typically. Um, because clients that, clients that are bigger will typically, um, it's easier for them to absorb the, the additional 10%. 
but you go with what you are most comfortable with. Okay. And then some other things to include, um, make sure that you include language that you're an independent contractor, that you're not an employee, um, a confidentiality agreement, which just says that all client data is confidential. Um, and then a liability release, which holds you harmless unless there's gross negligence or willful misconduct. Okay. So, um, these are the major items that you want to include. Again, what I would do is I would go through their sample contracts that I've included. No contract is perfect. Um, I could not find any contract that I was like, wow, this, this is the contract. This is perfect. And again, I'm not an attorney. Um, and so you really need to go through and kind of, you know, cut and paste the language that, that you like, that you see. Um, but we, for legal reasons, we cannot provide you with a bookkeeper training school contract. Okay. Because I'm not an attorney. Um, but we gave you a whole bunch of samples that we found online. You can put your contract together. If you have any questions, please feel free to leave them in the group. Um, you can also put them in the ask Kristen form. Um, and we're happy to, to answer any questions that you have. So now I want you to go through look at the examples that are below. And again, those examples change as we find other contracts that we like, um, that we think might have some good components. So one thing that people ask all the time is these contracts say accountant, not bookkeeper. Should I say accountant or should I say bookkeeper? That is totally up to you. Um, as long as you don't say that you're a certified public accountant or a certified accountant, okay, um, then you can use the term accountant. Most people are more comfortable using the term bookkeeper because they think that it limits the scope more. So if you say accountant, then people might be looking for tax services and that kind of thing from you. And if that's not something you do, it might just be better to say bookkeeper. And so what you can do is when you put all your language into Word, you can do a find and replace. If you don't know how to do that, you can Google that um, and swap out the word accountant for the word bookkeeper. And it'll do that for you in all the spots that you need to. Okay. All right. Hope this was helpful for you. And uh, I will talk to you soon.